Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Ed Hoback Show, where we tell life stories with sarcasm and a ton of smart-ass remarks. And I have a gentleman with me today. I could call him Mr. Beetle. He's been on three or four times, Tim. Uh, yeah, two or three times, I think. Yeah, two or three times. Well, we'll yeah, this could be four then, right? And uh, he, the you listeners that send me feedback like him and like the Beatles, you know. So um, today I have one question to ask him, and then I'll let him go. But I'll just interject with smartass remarks and stuff like that, you know. Like, what album did Mister Bojangles come on? They never recorded um, Mr. Bojangles. Oh, somebody somebody else must have. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, anyway, Tim, how many albums did the Beatles actually record? You know, <clears throat> I'm going to, I've never counted them, but I'm guessing that it's around 10 in the less than 10 years that they, they were together as a group. Really? They, they've they only been together 10 years, or they were only together 10 years. Now, you have to consider, too, that Capitol Records and EMI Records in, in England wanted to do, you know, make as much money off the guys as they could. So they, they pumped out uh, additional albums with many of the same songs, but under a different uh, album title, like Beatle Love Songs or... or uh, oh, know, really? Top yeah. In fact, one of their top selling CDs was called One that came out several years ago, listing 26 songs that were either number one or number two. Uh, during oh, the that's career. interesting. So you and I had a conversation the other day because we were going over a little technology. Uh, Tim has a podcast called Love and Peace. Love and Peace, a Beatles podcast. Yeah. So you can find him on uh well, where can they find you? Probably on Spotify. That's the best place. I'm, yeah. I'm just starting that podcast. I think I have five or six programs on it, and uh, it's not as fancy as yours, Ed. It's just me talking about the Beatles, no music or anything. So, uh, but I'd like to think that over time it gets a little bit more interesting, and I'll I'll get better and more professional, like like you have in yours. Well, I've got to up my game for 2023. But like uh, Tim says, we learn as we go. My very first one, which a lot of you have listened to and a lot of you have gone away because for lack of better words, it sucked. It's like the first time you jump in water over your head and you don't know how to swim. It ain't pretty, but we got it done. And I've been growing from there. And um, I've got a lot of things I want to do in 2023. And since it's a hobby, it doesn't get first place on my day, right? So Tim's uh, Love and Peace on Spotify. Uh, I I think you'll enjoy it. This guy knows a ton. So anyway, back to the albums, which was our topic of the day. And I'll be quiet if I can. Okay. Well, uh, often Beatle fans ask each other, hey, what's your favorite Beatle album? And I've been asked that many a time. And, and I have to give you actually two answers for years i i responded sergeant pepper and i i responded that way because it was 1967 the year that i graduated from high school and i bought the album the day that uh, it came out 
and I met some buddies of mine and I was underage and went out drinking beer with them that night. Oh. I brought the album with me and I had listened to it two or three times. And it had, by the way, it was one of the first albums ever to have the words of each song on the back. And I had the album with me and I was singing a song to the to my buddies. And of course, they never heard the damn song before. But anyway, but I, I did respond, Sergeant Peppers. But you know what? Over time, I have changed my mind. I I think Rubber Soul that came out in 1965 is is probably my favorite one. It, that one has Michelle on it. I'm a loser. Um, Don't be so hard on yourself. Well, and and the reason I, I'm really gravitating towards that as my favorite is uh, that's the the album where at least I could, and I think many Beatles fans could, see the, the change and the growth in their music. And that was kind of a preview of uh, Revolver, the next album that came after that. And then the next album after that was Sgt. Pepper's. And so I, I, I think to answer your question, it, my favorite album really is uh, the Beatles is Rubber Soul. And it has a picture on the front of, of the guys from basically the chest on up. And they're kind of grouped together tightly. And they just look absolutely exhausted, as they should, because uh, I read once where, I don't know if it was 64, might, might have been 1965. They only had one day off that whole year, and that was Christmas Day. Oh, that and, was kind of their manager to give them Christmas off. Yeah, but but again, they had they they toured the the world, they toured the United States. Um, they were now uh, in 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 the middle of what what has been described as the hurricane, and uh, so they they were just absolutely exhausted. And uh, by the way, they made two films late sixty or mid sixty four for Hard Day's Night and sixty five was her second film, uh, second and last film, and that was uh, Help. But, so, by the way, what, what was this hurricane? You said something about a hurricane, and I didn't know you were a meteorologist. What What's that all about? Well, two things. Uh, they've often been described as they were the eyes in the hurricane. Uh, and, in fact, uh, I mentioned this to you, I think, or somebody just in the last day or two. Um, in This is February. In June, um, of this of 2023, Paul McCartney is going to come out with with a book called Archives: colon, The Eyes, plural, The Eyes of the Hurricane, and it's it's a basically a very expensive coffee table book of pictures that the Beatles took during 1964, uh, which began the height of Beatlemania, and so that should be and it, it, it's eighty four dollars and. So it's it's not a cheap book and it's not a throwaway and no no paperback version of that. But paperback uh, novel to... wasn't that paperback novel wasn't that a song uh, or lyric? paperback novel? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry, I butted in there, but I can't. Not a problem. But uh, so and and you know, and you and I talked about this also. That's that's an example. This book coming out is an example of how the two living Beatles still. Uh, Ringo and Paul and the widows of George and, and, and uh, John have kept this whole Beatle concept and the group alive uh, 60 plus years later, you know? 
You know, it's amazing. It really struck me funny when you said they were only together about 10 years as a band together. And it's like, all right, let's see, 2023 minus 64. They've been together a long. I mean, we've heard their music and it, and it's still living a long yeah. time. And, and then yeah. we got guys like you that, you know, that's your passion to learn about them. You t- spoke the other day, you just read a new book and and you learn some more about them. And uh, yeah. I, I think you might be penning a book one of these days from everything you've gleaned. Well, there's very little that hasn't been written about the Beatles. And um, I, I, for one, will defer on that, though. But I, I have taught uh, classes at our local community college to a group called Lifelong Learners, people 50, 50 plus uh, on what is now seven different uh, uh, classes on the Beatles as a group and as individuals. And next fall, I'll, I'll be doing probably my final Beatle class, and that's on Ringo. Okay. And, uh, I did. That'll make one class for each of the four individuals and one class uh, of four classes on the on the Beatles as a group. So, wow. uh, you but, got- you know, I, I have to think about this, and, and, and maybe some of the pe- listeners can identify. I was, uh, a, let's see, I would have been a sophomore freshman in high school. Yeah, freshman in high school. I was at a very vulnerable age as a teenager. The Beatles wrote and sang incredible love songs. And, of course, at that age of 14 or 15, you know, I had nothing but girls on my mind. And so there was kind of a fit there. And what the other her, part. What uh, was her name? Give me a name. First name only. <laughs> Debbie, Mary Jean. Oh, my goodness. Listen to Mr. Romeo. All right. Sorry to interrupt again. But the other part of, of, I think, contributed to their their, uh, popularity was they came on the Ed Sullivan Show, February 9th, 1964. And if you think about that date, that was three months after the country went through the Kennedy assassination. The Kennedy, the, 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 the assassination basically depressed the United States. I know it did me, our family, a lot of my schoolmates. And so the Beatles came over something brand new and they were energized. Their music was energized. Their music was about love. And that's exactly what the country needed. Plus, uh, people my age in high school, we had probably more, and it's not a lot, but some discretionary income where we could go out and buy records ourselves. And so, uh, you know, there were a lot of different ingredients that came into play that that contributed to their popularity. But overall, I think it's their music. Obviously, it's their songs. Um, the fact that they had incredible humor, uh, being from the North, as they say in, in England, uh, Liverpool. And, um, but again, just, a lot of different things that contributed to their popularity, but above all, the music. And I, I, I told you this too. Uh, I, I, I work at Iowa Public Radio, and I was part of an in the audience in an interview with Tom Brokaw um, of NBC, and he wrote this incredible book uh, called Boomers. And Joan Kayer, the 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 uh, interviewer, her final question to Tom was, Tom. You wrote this great book about the boomer generation. You did great research. 
what's the one thing that stands out to you about the 60s? And Tom thought for a second and he came back and he said, the music. We listen to today music of the 60s. And this is back in 2010 or 2011. Back in the 60s, we were not listening to the music of the 20s. So the music of the 60s really shaped multiple generations of, of this country and the world. And the Beatles certainly were a key part of that, too. Oh, absolutely. Now, that that's really some really cool information. But I, I do have a dollars and cents thing since you said you had a stipend. No, you said you had a little loose change. What do you pay for that Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band album? Oh, man. That's a stumper. I'm, I'm gonna guess probably for a dollar you could get a forty-five. Right. Uh, I remember I'll, that. I'll probably say somewhere between seven and ten bucks. Yeah, no, that, that was a lot of money back then. That's what I would have guessed it at. And then how much did the beer cost? <laughs> uh, I just drank their beer. I didn't buy it. Oh, that's right. You were the vocalist. You were you were the guy reading <laughs> reading the notes and everything. Yeah. Um, I have a couple more questions yet, and then we'll obviously have to call it because I'm under time restraints through my contract with myself and uh, don't want to bore people. The White Album. What can you, that? I I never. I don't know what's on it. I don't know much about it. I've probably learned eighty percent of what I know about the Beatles just knowing you the last few years and and uh, working on this thing called podcast for two guys on uh, Medicare that are trying to figure out the electronics on it. Uh, what What's the story behind the White Album? Well, Brian Epstein, their manager, died in June of 1967, just as Sgt. Pepper came out. <clears throat> and the, the boys in August uh, took a train trip to, I don't know where it was, Man manchester maybe back to liverpool or someplace and they met this maharaji from india who was oh, doing yeah. a class on meditation and george especially really got into it and that led to the beatles the next year in 68 going over to india and they spent i think anywhere between four and six weeks a couple interesting thing things developed from that that trip number one uh, ringo had had and has a really bad stomach ailment, lifelong stomach ailment. So uh, he had a suitcase full of baked beans because that was his diet. But while they were over there, besides meditation, uh, the group really individually wrote a ton of songs. And they came back and out of that was the White Album. In fact, they had enough songs for a third album uh, instead of a double album. So. Um, that that India trip really inspired uh, the White Album, and the White Album was the beginning of, of Beatles writing their own individual songs, not in a collaborative sense, and recording their songs individually. And so they, this was the start really of, of the Beatles. I can't say breaking up, but they were kind of going off in their own direction. Right. But wow. uh, that and there's. There's a song on there that you might remember called Dear Prudence. Yes. And uh, that is Mia Farrell's sister, Prudence, who was there. Uh, Mike Love from the Beach Boys was part of that India trip. Mia Farrell and Mia Farrell's sister. 
And John sings, Dear Prudence, won't you come out to play? Um, anyway, but, um, and, and that's interesting in, in how, uh, that could be a lesson in how they wrote songs. They had an experience on something, and that generated something in a musical sense, and somehow they, they got it into a song. Wow, wow. Well, Tim, I could sit here and visit with you all day on the Beatles, so maybe I'll have to have you come back again, but we're we're at my self-imposed time limit, and um, I want to thank you sincerely. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim is going to be uh, similar to what I did, and, and yet I'm taking it to another level, um, rowing his podcast and learning more on the technical end and how to do it. He's got all the information. It's right there in the gray matter between his two ears. So, Tim, I want to thank you again. Thank and you, Ed. You're welcome. And ladies and gentlemen, that's it for the Ed Hallback Show today. Just remember, if you want to get a positive daily quote from Ed, just uh, drop me an email and say, quote, please, and you will get one seven days a week. 365 days a year. I appreciate everybody listening. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors. With that being said, bye-bye.